Welcome back to the Laravel Podcast Season 4. Today, we're going to be talking about helpers and collections with Jacob Baker Kretzmar, Titan Knight, and just all around smart guys. Stay tuned. All right, welcome back to the Laravel Podcast Season 4, where every single episode is about a specific topic. Today, we're talking about two because I just like to take my friends and put them through um, the torment of having to try and do the five-year-old question twice. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about both helpers and collections, and I am joined by a friend and tight knight, Jacob Baker Kratzmeyer. Jacob, could you say hi to the people and, and just tell you people back when we went to grocery stores, how did you introduce yourself? Yeah. Hi, people. <laughs> Back when I went to the grocery store more than twice a month, carefully. Yeah. I guess just that I did web development. Okay. Yeah. Kept it simple. It hasn't been all that long that I've been like job title official uh, yeah. programmer or web developer. So I used to have to sort of like mumble for longer about what <laughs> I actually spend most of my time doing. But now I can just say web developer. People web mostly developer. get it. Yeah. And that yeah. is what I do all the time. So nice. And you work at Titan. So it's a little bit easier for a I lot do. of folks on, on this podcast to understand what you do because they yeah. know what I do. And so, yeah, we're a consultancy. So yeah. um, I brought you on for helpers and collections. Um, mm -hmm. And I'm super excited to hear your answers on these because most of the folks who I bring on for something, I've had more extensive conversations about the particular topic. I know that you know these things, but I, I have never like asked you any of these like, so what is it really about in your yeah. mind kind of questions. So I'm very excited to hear your um, your answers here. So so let's start off with the usuals. We Helpers and collections are not the same, right? They live in the same space in a lot of our brains. They're often in the same space in Laravel documentation, but they're really two entirely different concepts. So let's start with talking about helpers. So okay. if you're going to explain the concept of helpers to a five-year-old, how would you describe them? So helpers, I feel like I have a good one for because I've, right. I've been thinking about them. You're thinking about this? Yeah. The helpers, I would say they're like a Swiss Army knife. Okay. That's basically it. You know, Swiss Army knife has like a whole bunch of little fold-out tools for one-off specific things. Yeah. That's what the helpers are too. Like a Swiss okay. Army knife, you have your scissors, you have your toothpick, maybe you have your pen, depending on which yeah. model you got. Uh, you have your little saw, bottle opener, can opener, yeah. that kind of thing, screwdriver. So the helpers are kind of like that. There are some functions that we'll get to that just sort of live on their own, but like the array and string helpers, especially now that they're on those on the like global, you know, now that they're on the classes instead of mm -hmm. being functions, like you've got two Swiss Army knives, an array one and a string one. And they yeah. have all sorts of little doodads that are handy for different things. Yeah, I like that. Also, good use of the word doodads. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So Swiss Army knife. And, you know, even if that five-year-old didn't know what a Swiss Army knife was, you gave all the examples. So they know exactly yeah. what it is. Like my my kids would be like, oh, that thing that daddy yeah. uses when he's working and can't find the right tool. Yeah. And it's like, totally. Yeah. Okay, great. Yeah. All right. So collections. Collections are a little tougher. So. Collections. <laughs> yeah. Collections is harder. So... Maybe you have a better one, but what I came up with for collections was that collections are basically like this really fancy, like hiking backpack with all kinds of like pockets and zippers and different compartments inside and like netting and buckles and straps that go around the whole thing, as opposed to like a plastic grocery bag. Right. Okay. So if you have like a whole bunch of stuff mm -hmm. and you just have it in a plastic grocery bag. Whenever you need anything, you have to dump it all out, go looking through it like it's not organized or sorted or anything like that. Then you dump it all back into the bag. Then you need something else. You have to dump the whole bag out again. 
Whereas collections, your fancy backpack, you know exactly where everything is. There's a zipper for it. There's a strap holding the other things out of the way. You can open the zipper on the side and reach in and get your water bottle from that one spot that you remember you put it in. If you need just one specific thing, it's really easy to grab it out without disturbing everything else. And it just keeps everything organized. Nice. I love that. That's really impressive. You know what it also made me do is made me wish that I had something that did that for all my other stuff in my life, like physical stuff in my life, like something that puts all your stuff in a way where depending on what you need for it, you can be like, I just want the black shirts right now. I just want the warm weather clothing. Like I I want that closet now, actually. So just a just a massive backpack. (laughs) Yes, everything in it. I love it. That's really good. Okay, so let's, as always, go a little bit deeper into yeah. the 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 more technical explanations. So let's talk helpers first because I think it's going to be easier to kind of like do them and get done with them. Yeah. So it, for a programmer, what's a helper relative to the rest of our um, application? So helpers are some of them are global functions. Mm-hmm. So if we're talking to a PHP programmer, they know what that is. It's a function mm-hmm. that's registered globally. You don't have to import it. It's not namespaced. It's available absolutely everywhere, which mm-hmm. is a blessing and a curse, but we'll get to that. <laughs> but they are basically small functions that do something very, very specific that you might need to do often or that might be like just a little bit annoying to implement yourself. And they just do that one specific thing. So yeah. like array colon colon first gives you the first item out of an array. That's all it does. Yeah. There's actually another function that does that too, but <laughs> that they're they're just they're just helper functions basically. Yeah. Yeah, and it's the type of thing where like if you were thinking, well, I know how to do array first. Like with a lot of helpers, you know how to do them. It's it's yeah. just making it easier, right? Yeah, exactly. And especially with PHP because there are lots of built-in PHP functions that do things like that. The problem is that the arguments are in a different order for a bunch of them. The return types are weird Mm -hmm. for a bunch of them. So the helpers also are consistent. Like Mm -hmm. if you're, if you have like a needle and haystack argument, you're looking for something in a list, that kind of thing. The, see, now I forget what order they go in, but (laughs) there's always going to be, it's always either going to be the needle or the haystack that goes first. Whereas PHP's functions. I I think Laravel is always haystack needle. I think. Yes, I think so too. Um, (laughs) The bigger to the Whereas smaller. PHP, it's a mix of things. Um, yeah. Strings are one way and arrays are a different one. It's always, yeah. 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 Um, and I think one of the other things that I've just run into all the time is that some things with PHP will pass by reference. And so you're not allowed to like call a, oh, yeah. a function on another function result because yeah. you have to save it to a temporary variable first and then all this kind of stuff. And so they also yeah. bypass array, some of those. Array map, I think, is like that. Yeah, maybe. So, and I I think that the one of the cool things about that that you pointed out there that I didn't even think about was these these line up like PHP's just the justification is always given for the way PHP does many of these things is oh well it makes sense in this particular context or it makes sense given C or it makes sense given whatever. Oh, so yes, if you actually listen to Rasmus Lerdorf or Lerdorf or however you say his last name talking about these things, he'll at least sometimes justify it saying, yeah, well, all the array ones are the same way and all the string ones are the same way. And it's because in C or whatever his reference point was um, in terms of like the needle haystack. And I think that's true also for all the ones that have to be by reference or whatever. So the thing to me, both about the origins Mm -hmm. of PHP and also a lot of the PHP internals these days is they justify things based on the code. And one of the things I love the most about Laravel is it justifies things based on the user experience, not based on the underlying framework. Yeah. Yeah. So I I hadn't thought about that until you said it that way. 
I didn't I didn't know that that was the rationale for a lot of them. I thought that the reason that they were all weird like that is just because they had been done like that originally. And it would be way too much of a breaking change to change any of those things now. I think that's why it is that way now. But when he talks about it, that's what because Rasmus does not do PHP stuff today. So he justifies why he made it that way in the first place. And then they keep it that way because they don't want to do breaking changes, which is interesting because a lot of the criticisms I have of the PHP internals folks are more about their willingness to make breaking changes. But, you know, that's a different topic. But anyway, these are giving a user friendly experience to these things that are more predictable and understandable. Yeah. Yeah. So when you talk about the helpers, what kind of categories of helpers are there? So you talked about string and array helpers, which are the two big groups. Are there any other big groups of them? So... All of the array and string helpers now, well, almost all of them are on the array and string support classes, which are actually mm-hmm. just R, ARR, and str, str. Yeah, str, yeah. And so they are static methods on those classes now. They used to all also be global functions. Yeah. I'm not sure when exactly that change was made. Maybe 5.8 or 6? Did they stop being? Yeah. Yeah, it's probably 6. But now they aren't. They aren't global functions anymore. So there's the there's array, string, and then the rest are global functions, and they sort of fall into three categories. Okay. Paths, URLs, and then miscellaneous. Right. These are the cat this is the way that they're divided in the docs. Oh, okay, cool. So there's like half a dozen for paths. So like resource path, storage path mm-hmm. that'll just give you. You can pass them. So storage path, for example, gives you the path to the storage directory of your app, but you can pass it just the sub path of that storage path and it'll add everything you need up to there, including up to the storage directory. And when you say path, can you describe what you mean by Sorry, path? Yeah, relative like to a URL? file yeah. path on the file system. Right. So, so it's like the absolute local path. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. If I'm in my app, I can call storage path, public users, avatars, whatever from mm-hmm. anywhere in the app and it'll give me slash users slash jacob slash code slash my new laravel app slash storage all the way to yeah yeah the path I to need. whatever you passed in yeah so there are a few for different paths like that and then there are a few for urls so there's url mm-hmm. <laughs> and then there's um asset and mix and a couple others that will give you uh like full valid urls to mm-hmm. either a specific asset or resource in your app or one of your built assets like compiled javascript or css if you're using the mix helper and there's a, a small group of those and then there's a bunch of miscellaneous ones that are global helper functions that do all kinds of things so some yeah. of them pull out references to like specific parts of the laravel framework some of them are just really convenient for transforming certain data in certain ways Mm -hmm. or coming up with new instances of things that you need to use a lot it's a real grab bag they're awesome yeah but they do really the rest really are just miscellaneous like they do a ton of stuff yeah so do you ever use this is just random but do you ever use Mm -hmm. data get or array get i was just thinking about that because i discovered yesterday that there's an older helper called object get isn't that Which, the same as data get or no? It's the same as data get. It's uh-huh. the same as data get. And yeah. data get can handle objects. Yeah. So I use data get sometimes. Well, let's let's give an example. When would you want to use either of those? Sure. So data get, for example, 
if you have a deeply nested array and you're not 100% sure what the really deep, what's going to be in there once you get down two or three levels, data get lets you access deeply nested properties in that array with dot notation. Mm -hmm. So let's say you have an array of events and some of your events have venues and some of the venues have managers. So then you could do like data get event. Uh, if you have, let's say you have an event, you could do data get venue dot manager dot name and then pass it the event. And if that event has a venue that has a manager that has a name, you'll get that back. Yep. Otherwise, you'll get null. Or if you pass it a default value, you'll get your default yeah. value. You won't get any sort of errors about array keys not existing, any of that yeah. sort of stuff. Yeah, it's like super, so, super safe data access. Yes. And especially um, for people who also work with JavaScript or are coming from JavaScript, using the dots to get mm -hmm. something into mm -hmm. like a chain of nested objects is a familiar a familiar pattern. Yeah, yeah and Blade uses dots for um, traversing directories as well. Yeah, right. So if you include views dot what or whatever you know dot whatever, so yeah, uh, yeah like that too, like uh, whatever. Anyway, and venues config. dot index or something. Yeah, yeah, config, config does too. too. Yeah, the config does that does it that way. And it and it is you know we it's not quite as necessary as it used to be but even mm -hmm. in in the in the past we would use it even for single nested like, like things that aren't nested it's just a single yep. because it's the easiest way to give a fallback to something yeah. that might not exist and now we have that whatever the yep. name of the double question mark is but it didn't always used to be there in PHP. Yep. All right, so what actually is the difference between data get and array get? Like, why would you use one versus the other? So array get basically only does arrays doesn't do okay. objects and so it's a little bit faster okay but that's, otherwise in theory data can data get can do everything yeah, that's really okay. the only difference data get can do everything yeah but it has to make more checks along the way so it can okay. be a tiny bit slower probably not the kind right. of thing you'd ever notice but yeah that's what if the you care is. yeah okay so so you gave us like the, the different categories so we've got the array we've got the string and then we've got the yep. three categories within the global helpers yeah off the top of your head what do you think the top three to five of these that you use are on a daily basis response is definitely number one yep me too actually no that's not true for me no i was thinking request i use all the time you use response all the time yeah i don't i don't use the request helper I what? inject you an inject instance one? of the request. Okay. Yeah. So how do you, what do you use response for? Cookies or no re returning return response? Oh, are then... you doing APIs a lot? Oh, right. Actually, because usually I do view. I am yeah. doing an API right now, so that's why <laughs> that's I'm, what your I'm mind is right now. Used to looking at return response. Hmm. That's interesting. Okay, no, you know what? Then it probably wouldn't be response. It would probably be route. Yeah. Or collect. Yeah. Heck yes. Wow. There's more of these than I realized in my yeah, top. Yeah, there are a lot. I need like a top 10 list. Yeah. And then so you off got, yeah, is up there else? too. Mm -hmm. um, those are like the the common the common ones. Yeah. Um, like I'm sure those are up there for lots of people working on Laravel apps because they're like you just need them all over the place. Yeah. The ones that I don't see as much that I reach for whenever I can are abort if and throw if. Mm -hmm. which I just absolutely love. That's funny. Um, I use abort all the time because the ifs weren't there at the beginning and I never got around to it. So mm -hmm. abort if, do you pass it first the closure that defines the if and then second the the error code that you are aborting with? Okay. Yeah. 
Um, and I don't know for sure if you can pass it a closure. I know you can pass it something that evaluates oh, to a Boolean. Got it, but not um, a closure. Okay. Let me check right now, actually, though. That's I interesting. I don't know why I assumed it was a closure, because you can see I never use it. So yeah, you have you pass it an expression. Okay. Um, and then the uh code to abort the request with and yep. optionally a message as a third argument. Yeah. And I think abort is those the same one except with without the first parameter. So I think yeah. it's the status and then the message. Yeah. Okay. And then what was the and other one you said? Throw if? Throw if, which does the ah. same thing but throws an exception. So the one thing that I use throw if for often mm -hmm. is weird extra validation stuff mm -hmm. where I want to make some check or like I, I want to check something that isn't mm -hmm. strictly a validation rule. Yeah. But I want to return a validation error if it fails. Yeah. So I'll do throw if and then make my check. Yeah. And then as the second argument to throw if I'll pass validation exception with messages and send back the validation errors that I want if the first thing fails. So is the second parameter you pass like an actual instance of an exception? Yes. Okay, got it. So you can new up Give that me. exception without actually throwing it. And then you pass it in and it only actually throws it if the first thing evaluates to false or evaluates to true. Give me half a second to confirm that that is how that yeah. works. <laughs> and that's the hard thing about these, right? Because with a lot of these systems that we're dealing with, you know, like people who live in the system every day get it. But these ones are such that yeah. still sometimes you want to look at the docs for them because there's a little bit of nuance when you don't use it every single yeah. day. Oh, interesting. Okay. So throw if the second argument can either be an exception instance or it can just or a be class name. the class name. That's what I was wondering if you could do class name. So you would do yeah. class name if you didn't have to, to tweak it. But you said that with the validation exception, you would actually do a modification on it, right? Yeah. So you want to be able to pass an instance. Cool. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Okay. So throw if and abort if are ones that are not as common. For anybody who doesn't know, abort if also throws an exception, but it's an exception that like right. halts the execution of the application, right? Yeah. Okay, so top things. I'm trying to think about what my top ones are. I mean, I use Vue. I use the request helper a lot, but I've been trying to switch to injecting it. I use the author helper a lot. I used to yeah. use all the string and array helpers because it seemed like Taylor was moving everything towards string, uh, towards global helpers with everything. Mm -hmm. And so we had, we used to use facades for everything. And then we got a lot of these global helpers. And so I was like, cool, let's move everything to helpers. Mm -hmm. And then there was a lot of collisions with other projects in terms of the string and array helper names. And so Taylor's like, let's kind of roll these back a little bit. Yeah. And so I was a little bit of like a late shift back to some of the facades. But now we use facades for all the string ones. Yeah. So let's talk about string and array. Like if you were doing string helpers, is there any are there any string helpers you use a lot? Yeah, um, I would say probably the three I go for the most are string slug. Yep. Which yeah. does what it says on the tin. It, yep. You pass it anything and it slugifies the string. Yep. So basically makes it URL, not just URL safe, but like it looks like something you would see in a URL. Yep. String UUID, which. I don't do that at all. Does it generate a new UUID? It generates UUID. Although the thing about string UUID is it generates a UUID instance so oh. you actually have to cast it to a string if you need uh -huh. a string or strictly. call it two, two string method probably uh it's two uh yeah you probably could call two string i, I do that way more than i should string but 
I don't know why I do that instead of casting something to a string. But if anyone doesn't know, if you cast something to a string and it works, then that means it also has it an just underscore to string. underscore two T O capital string parens yeah. method you could call as well if you're an old person like me. I don't know why I do that. Okay. All right. So UUID. And yeah, I haven't done UUIDs since the days when we had to pull in our old UUI, our own UUID library. So it is really mm -hmm. nice that there's one internally. All right. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned those two. And uh, string is, yep. which is just Tell a us. really, really helpful. It's like regex, but faster because it's simpler, mm -hmm. I think. Um, basically, I think it, it's, it's yeah. you can pass it in a pattern with... Uh, like asterisks as mm -hmm. wildcards and it'll tell you if the other string you gave it matches that pattern yeah so it's not full i'm trying to switch to regex it's not full regular expressions because i'm used to it regex um <laughs> but it but it gives you so much of the power of it you know yeah. because so many of the things we need to check are just doesn't match this pattern okay actually yeah it is regex but really oh it, you know what it adds the asterisks in front of the regex right because like with regex, it can be a string, so it does the it does the asterisk processing first. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so you could regex, do full regex. So it's not in like it? it's like some new magic faster thing than regex. Yeah, um, it is regex, but but, but for people just, like me, yeah, <laughs> who yeah. suck at regex, <laughs> it it just makes it a little bit easier. Yeah, and simpler. Yeah, you pass it in no, a I pattern first. So like the example in the docs is like you call string is. And the first argument is foo asterisk. Mm -hmm. And the second argument is foo bar. And it returns mm -hmm. true because right. that pattern matches. Matches. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's good. It's very um, I also use string contains a lot um, similarly, mm. but just con for some reason, I like contains better than mm. stars around the thing. But it's mm -hmm. kind of the same concept. And that might be faster because it's probably just an alias to a PHP helper. So, mm. all right. So, array helpers. What's your favorites? The two big ones for me for array are array only. Mm -hmm. So tell which, us about array only. So array only, if you pass it an associative array mm -hmm. and then an array of the keys from that mm -hmm. array that you want, mm -hmm. it'll give you back an array with only those items. Right. But, but the keys and values, which is really helpful. Yeah. So for example, there, the request only, method does basically the same thing i was just gonna say like, that yeah if you're gonna if you're gonna create a user and you have like a big array with all kinds of stuff but you only want to use the email and the name to create mm -hmm. your user you can do like user create array only email name pass in the array and what user create will actually get is an array with just the email and the name and the values yeah i like it i've so, been um it's really handy. working I've been working through the TypeScript intro course, and that's something oh, cool. you can do differently in TypeScript. But the idea of like pulling out just the parts of an object that oh. match a given type um, is a thing that makes sense. And so one of the examples they use in the documentation, doing? it's the, the execute program. Yes. Oh, it's so okay, freaking cool. good. But yeah, so it's like the idea, like the example they're using the docs all the time is you're working with a user that both has an email address and can be a Boolean of is admin or is not admin. Mm -hmm. Like is admin is true or false. And if you pass it into something that basically is the can be admin uh, type, which only describes that one key, the key that is is admin, then what you end up with is only that keyed version of the object, not the rest of it. 
Whoa. And yeah. And so you can't operate on the things that didn't match your type that you defined. And so it's very similar thinking in like, I got all this cool. data, but I don't want the whole thing. And you're slimming it down to just what you care about. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's very interesting stuff. Huh? Um, but that, that was, was total cool. digression. Sorry. No, not at all. That the, the other one is array wrap. I have found handy. I don't even know if I know what that does. It just makes sure that whatever you pass it is an array. That's oh, it like <laughs> happens in Laravel 10 million times in the parameter yep. lists, right? Yep. You give so array you wrap say, an array uh-huh. and you get it back. If you give it anything else that isn't in an array, you get back whatever you gave it wrapped in an array. <laughs> Freaking. So it's basically like is array question mark exactly. you know, thing colon, but it's just cleaner. Yep. I love it. That's cool. And it's again, it's the cleaner. same thing with the with these helpers is it's stuff we all know how to do and probably have done yep. in three lines or in a somewhat confusing syntax before. But now it's yep. just like, oh, OK, cool. Now I know it does. Yeah, I love it. Any other array helpers that you really love before we move on? Array has comes in handy. Is that checking where a key exists or I don't actually know uh, that yeah. one either. <laughs> yep. That's just checking where a key, if a key exists. Mm-hmm. Oh, actually, you know what? Their functions still, they aren't on the array class, but I do use head and last, which head are and last. global are functions like, to just get the first or last item in an array. Mm-hmm. Does it do it without changing the pointer? Maybe it's like it's like reset and end, but without changing the pointer. Well, it is just reset. And okay, I forget what last calls if it calls end head literally does just call reset. Okay, it's just a Um, simpler name for it. That makes more sense. Yeah, Yeah. I don't know why I I prefer them, but I do. Yeah, so I use those. I get it sometimes. Cool. Yeah, so I'm trying to think if there's any. I mean, I use the app helper all the time. Are there any miscellaneous ones that you that we haven't covered already that you feel like you use all the time? I use route. We talked about that. Config. Yeah, yeah, a lot. Mm-hmm. Event and dispatch. I don't use event. I use I dispatch. I, I guess I don't use events. Ton, that's why. <laughs> but oh, actually, that's true. Actually, I guess more often I'll I'll get whatever it is I want to dispatch and call the dispatch method on it on the thing now yeah yeah but no but i i did use i have used the dispatch new whatever quite a few times as well yeah okay well we could nerd out and do this all day long but i just wanted yeah. to get a couple like there's so many people's <laughs> interest and yeah every single time i'm trying to do any wrangling especially with a string and array the first thing i do is just i like think to myself like what are the things i might use and then i'll often go to the docs and discover something new that i didn't yeah. know or something i just haven't used yeah. in a long enough time that it's not in my brain so yep. I did realize that there's a new thing as of, I mean, new as of probably nine months ago, which is the whole uh, fluent, fluent string. Yeah. Can you talk a little yeah. bit about how fluent strings work? Yeah. So I actually have never used them, but basically there's another helper on the string class called of, mm-hmm. and you can pass it a string or maybe a stringable object. I'm not actually sure. I've only ever passed it strings, but you're right. You might be right. But usually, usually you pass it a string, string of, Mm -hmm. and then basically it, you can chain on more Mm -hmm. string helpers. Yeah. Like all the same ones that are available on the string facade anyway. All the same ones. Actually, a couple more. Oh. Don't ask me exactly what they are, but there (laughs) are a couple that are slightly different. Okay. But basically, yeah, instead of having to sort of like wrap a whole bunch of string yeah. function calls mm-hmm. inside each other or have a, a temporary variable that you modify over and over and over again. Yeah. Fluent string lets you do string of and then if you need to slugify it and then go all 
uppercase and then take yeah. <laughs> only the first 10 characters for some reason yeah um you could just chain those methods yeah i've used it the most when it's um data that i didn't have control over that i need to wrangle mm. it's really wonderful when you're like well we have this data that's coming in from the csv yeah. and sometimes conditionally sometimes all the time we need to do all these string manipulations on it and just like yeah. you said you either got a whole bunch of modifications of a temporary variable or you've got uh, you know, parenthesis, 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 yeah. parenthesis, yeah. parenthesis as you wrap them. So, yeah, that's yeah, a good note on that. OK. All right. Anything else you want to say about helpers before we dive into the bigger beast collections halfway into the podcast? I'm just looking at all of the global helpers and remembering how much I love more of them. <laughs> There's so many. Well, what I are a couple wanna, other good I ones? I just want to shout out. OK, I want to shout out two more now, yeah. uh-huh. which I use all the time. Which, is that which, just carbon now? Shortcut? It's just carbon now, but it's just yeah. so short. Yeah. So clean. I love it. And you don't um, have to import a namespace to, exactly. to use it. Yep. It's clean. And tap. Which you use tap. You nerd. I'm trying to use <laughs> tap more. There's like a whole contingent of people who are primarily Adam Wathen devotees, as we all yeah. should be, um, who use tap in everything. And then there's yeah. like the larger portion of the world who are like, I don't understand anything. So try. Give me the five. Not five year old. But like, give me give me tap. <laughs> oh tap is hard i still have to look up the docs most times that i use it yeah but tap turns anything you pass it into something that is fluent and that you can chain methods onto wait really at least once you can't like keep chaining over and over again okay but so for example and this is the example that i actually always look up in laravel when you create a model like if you call uh, user colon colon create, that create function calls tap. It's like only three or four lines long and it uses the tap helper and it taps a new model instance and then force fills the model instance and then saves it. Mm-hmm. But basically what tap is hard to explain. <laughs> so let's say you have an object. You need to call a method on it. Mm hmm. But the method returns true or false based on whether it succeeds. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. But then you need to call another another method after that. Mm-hmm. Instead of having your object and then calling your method that returns true or false and then like writing out your, your class and your next method again, mm-hmm. you can call tap on the model uh-huh. or on your on your object. Yeah. And then in the function that you pass to tap. You call your method that returns a Boolean. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter. You just throw away the return thing. And then after tap, you call your other method because tap always returns what you pass it. Okay. Yeah. See, I was I had always seen people using it where they want to return the object, but after they operated on it. So I hadn't even thought about chaining on to tap. So that's an interesting idea. But like, so you just described the basic function of tap is you give it something. It returns what you pass it. Yeah, it returns what you pass it, yeah. but it also allows you to you pass it a closure that operates on the thing you passed it. So yeah. basically, you need to do something with something and then return it at the same time, whether for use in chaining or returning it out of the method, whatever. Tap allows you to do that with one less line or two less lines or something, right? Yeah, probably only one or two less lines. Yeah. And that's um, my biggest issue with tap is that it's like it's powerful and yet... It's like your brain has to, you have to learn tap. Once you learn tap, you use it all the time. But until you learn tap, I feel like it's kind of like a, yeah. what does this do again? It provides a small benefit uh-huh. that is just really nice. 
<laughs> it's yeah. not like it's not going to change your life, but yeah. it is it's fun and it feels nice to write yeah. if you can figure out how it works. <laughs> yeah. And it's it's another one of those things where you're you're taking something that can be done already, but every time you did it it felt a little janky. Yeah. And it's allowing you to clean it up a little bit. Why is exactly. this thing not just a, why can't I just return it? Well, because it has a return that is not this. Yeah. So you can't just return it. You can't just chain after it. Well, tap yeah. to the rescue, basically. So, yeah, that's no, good. All right. Any others that your eyes uh, straight across that you really want to share? Optional. I use a lot. Yeah. So talk about optional, Roka, if you don't mind. Optional basically saves you from that horrible error that you're calling a method on null. On null. Yeah. So, for example, like if you have a relationship that may or may not exist, and you want to call a method on the related model, mm -hmm. you can put the relationship part inside optional and then just call the method. And if the relationship's there, it'll call the method on the model. If not, nothing will happen. Yeah. No it's PHP just screaming like, at you. Yeah. It's just like just, the data get and the array get, but it's on yeah. like actual calls on objects, and quiet. Like method calls. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. I love it. So actually today I just started swapping out some uses of the optional helper for php's new oh man i forget what it's called but it's the new like null null i don't know its name so Access operator anyway you can now it's basically it's built-in optional helper yeah you can instead of using an arrow to access a method or property you can now use question mark arrow mm -hmm. and if it's not there you'll get null back instead yeah. of an error which, which is, is like it works in javascript super nice but yeah. it's PHP 8 only, right? It's PHP 8 only, yes. Yeah, okay. So we're lucky the project we're on. We were able to upgrade to PHP 8. Nice. So now we have some fun new some fun new toys that we can start I to use, it. like that question mark arrow operator. But the optional helper yeah. is fantastic if you can't do that yet. Yeah. And it's nice when these things that we've had as helpers become no longer necessary. It's like, well, yep. great. Yeah. <laughs> now we can get rid of this cruft and it's even cleaner. And it validates them too. It's like clearly yeah. that was a perfect was a thing idea. to have a helper for because yeah. it's so common and important that they actually put it in the language. Yeah, in the so. core. I love it. All right. Let's talk collections. So we All haven't right. even gone past the five-year-old version of collections yet. But um, you did the five-year-old. You got it out of the way. Yeah. We got our backpack with all the buckles and the straps and everything. Yeah. So let's talk. I, I think that it'd be easy to, to, to tell JavaScript programmer what collections are. So let's try to tag maybe an old school PHP programmer because JavaScript has a lot of collection pipeline built in. Right. If you could talk to an old school PHP programmer or just somebody who's not familiar with pipelines for some reason, can you just talk a little bit about what a collection pipeline is? Yeah. So basically collections do, they, they turn your array or your list of things into a fluent object mm -hmm. or not an object. Well, yeah, the collection is a fluent object. Yeah. Basically, it lets you chain operations on to the same thing by yeah. just calling more methods mm -hmm. instead of having to, for example, assign it back to a variable every single time or, or call a function on times it, like wrapping, wrapping it a function. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> so oh, it's hard to explain because it, it's such a common pattern in Laravel that I'm like so used to it and I love it. Mm -hmm. But that's what like fluent means mm -hmm. some of the time basically is that you can chain things on over and over again. You call yeah. collect on your array and then you can call any of the collection methods on the result of that collect. Yeah. And then you can call any of the collection methods on the result of 
that method call. Yep. Mostly. Yeah. So where you would have maybe before had like you have an array that's assigned to a variable and then you have like if some condition um, array equals array filter array and Mm -hmm. then you put your filter thing in and then you have another if underneath and then after that you have your for each where you uppercase the first element of your array and then inside that for each you have another for each where you do something on a nested array inside each of your arrays basically collections turn all of that into a list of method calls yeah on the same thing yeah chained nice nice and neat yeah and it's a good point there that like a lot of the things not all but a lot of the things that collections allow you to do exist as native php functions like array underscore filter or array underscore map But there's two issues. One is that using those is awkward in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. But another one is a lot of PHP programmers don't use them because using them is awkward in a lot of mm-hmm. ways. So what it's replacing to me more honest, more than array filter or array map is for each. And it's just like constant mm-hmm. for eaches that do a jillion different things. You have some for eaches that are excluding yeah. items, some for eaches that are modifying items. You know, there's all, some for eaches that are taking unrelated actions. And you don't know yeah. which because it's all just nested Especially- in these massive for each. Yeah, especially nested for eaches, mm-hmm. like where you have an array or a nested array and you're doing a for each and then you have a while inside the for mm-hmm. each and then inside the while you have some ifs. Collections are really handy for basically flattening that out so that it's one chain of method calls as opposed to like a whole nested soup. Yeah. Yeah. And so collections have been in Laravel for a long time, but they were popularized very significantly by Adam's book, Refactoring to Collections, Mm -hmm. um, which I would definitely recommend for anybody, which kind of like brought it as a programming concept to the forefront. And one of the things he said there was it it extracts out each operation as a separate thing that's named well. So like instead of a for each where you don't know what's doing, it's it's a filter and then reject whatever. So could you talk, let's assume that somebody's never worked with these. What are some of the most common methods? such a great point. That you're calling on those. Yeah. So let me find them. I made a list of the really handy common ones. So filter and reject, Mm -hmm. super common. You want to pass everything in the collection through a condition. You only want the ones back that pass or you want to exclude certain ones. Mm -hmm. Um, You can call filter or reject and pass it a closure and the closure will get every item of the collection and you can filter filter for what you want or filter out the ones you don't want with reject mm-hmm. sort is huge it basically just does a php array sort but there are all sorts of like sort related methods you can sort by you can sort by many you can sort with keys you can sort descending um, and you can pass most of those different arguments depending on how involved you want to get So Mm -hmm. with sort, for example, you can pass it just the name of the key that you want to sort on, or you can pass it a function and do your own sorting algorithm inside there, or you can pass it an array of functions and do, you pass sort by an array of functions. We did this the other day Yep. to sort by multiple things. So sorting is big. Things like counting contains to check if something is in the collection or not. Mm Mm-hmm. There are a whole bunch of query builder-esque methods. So, for example, you can call where, you can call where in, where not in, where between, that kind of thing. So those also 
filter the collection, but with an almost SQL like mm-hmm. syntax. Oh, first. First. It's a great mm-hmm. one. Yeah. First yep. where, which is like a where and then a, the first oh, yeah. right after it. Yeah. First where. There's, yeah, there's lots of little array, array ish operations like that. So, like pop to take the first one and remove it mm-hmm. from the collection. I think it takes the first one. Maybe it takes the last one. Shift does the first one. Pop. Pops the last one. Pop does the last one. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there's a whole bunch of... A whole bunch of ones that, like you said, there are PHP built-in functions for that are awkward. So map or each. Can you talk about map real quick? I can't believe I didn't do each and map first. Those are like to iterate over the whole collection. So map iterates over the whole collection. Mm -hmm. and map you pass it a function and that function gets each collection item and whatever you return from that function replaces Mm -hmm. that item in the collection that's the difference between map and each i think each you can't modify a collection with each you can just do something based on each item but yeah that item is going to stay in the collection as is map returns whatever you return from it yeah So, so if you don't return from map there's just now then a it null takes that, that item out yeah exactly reduce does the same thing as an array reduce so you can use it to like sum or concatenate a whole bunch of values in a collection mm-hmm. yeah i think you got the main ones those are and, and it, those are the big ones there are a bunch of other handy things you can do but and I, I i appreciate you making the point so i had not made this point about collections but in my book i talked about the fact that in the query builder you've got different types of methods because it's also fluent right you're with a query builder you're building a query over time so every single Mm -hmm. method expects you to build more but that's not true for all of them so in the book i said there's a difference between modifying methods like where or order by or whatever and ending methods what i call them which is basically the ones that aren't fluent Mm -hmm. get all first that kind of stuff where Mm -hmm. the output of that one method if you chain it, you're not chaining anything after that because the output mm-hmm. of that method is now the thing. And it's the same. You mentioned that without actually using those words is the same with the collections. Some of those methods are modifying the, yeah. the either the collection or the, the the pipeline that you're doing where you modify, modify, modify. And then some of them at the end are just going to give you a Boolean like contains. Does it yeah. or does it not contain? That's it. So yeah. to know the difference between those can be helpful so you can figure out what, you're gonna, what your output's going to be and what you yeah. can and can't chain. Yeah. Almost all of the collection methods give you back a new collection Mm -hmm. which like when i say it gives you back a new collection if you're chaining a a bunch of them together you don't really have to worry about that like you can assign the whole chain to some variable and your chain is going to work yeah but there are a couple like you said like contains will give you a boolean all will give you an array values will give you an array of the values keys will give you an array of the keys the only one i think that will modify an existing collection in place is transform really? so transform is like map except that map does actually return a new collection yeah whereas transform changes the existing collection interesting so if you had a collection and you just needed to call map but then you needed the collection back to do something with later you'd have to assign it to a variable mm-hmm. if you call transform you don't have to assign just it to transform anything. it you just okay. transform it and then you can keep using it Okay. And there's some other ones where you wouldn't necessarily have to do variable assignments because you're acting on the thing. Like each, each acts on every single item. You don't care 
about reassigning the thing afterwards. But the yeah. map is a great example. If, if I'm mapping or if I'm filtering or reducing or rejecting, you know, I mm -hmm. want that output saved to a new variable. So you're often either replacing the existing variable name, you know, yeah. like, you know, venues equals venues arrow filter or whatever, or yeah. it's it's a new one. Uh, secure venues equals venues arrow yeah, exactly. filter this or whatever. Yeah. Let's talk about that sort by example, because I think it was actually a really cool example of yeah. using, I think the sorts, the sorts and collections are really common when you're just passing it the name of a key, right? Mm -hmm. You know, collect a uh, venue sort arrow name, venue sort arrow uh, distance or whatever. You know, you're just saying, hey, just I'm going to pass it in and I'm going to allow it to pull that key out of this thing that I'm sorting. But what we ran into one was, was one where it was a lot more complicated. And what was happening was I wanted to sort versions of Laravel based on a whole bunch of factors, right? The first factor was, is it receiving security updates? Is it receiving yeah. bug fixes? Or is it receiving nothing? And so yeah. there was like this one big one, but then there's there's another one, which was, you know, something else. There was like basically three various things that I wanted to use to filter these. And I wanted to sort one and then sort the next and then sort the next. And I knew it was the wrong way, but I'd built a couple for each loops, like literally multiplying those things by like yeah. 100 and then 10,000 and then 100,000. And I was like, this ain't it. This is not the way to do it. And I know there's a sort. But what I originally tried doing was arrow sort and then a function and then arrow sort and then a function, which wasn't mm -hmm. it. So you did one that was really clean. And I wish we could show it to you all in the podcast. But one of the things he did was you you took sort by and you passed it two functions. Can you describe a yeah. little bit about what that solution was and why it was so much cleaner? Yeah. So sort by, you can you can either pass it a function or you can pass it an array of functions. And what it'll do is it'll use the return values of those functions to sort on. So because we needed to sort on two different things we needed to sort like you were saying on insecure behind and current and then the actual version itself i had two and php's new short arrow functions makes this super clean so clean yeah so i had a sort by and then two lines the first line was a short arrow function that returned an integer value based on whether the project was insecure behind or current and then the next line returned the version number exploded with the the dots so that PHP's internal sort functions can understand it. Although it did, you so, didn't re return those. Remember, you used the spaceship operator. So it's yeah. Um, so it's another cool new PHP thing. So the, yeah, all these so, old. I'm gonna yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Explain. No, the spaceship operator is also like weird and incredible. It yeah. It's a comparison operator, so it's like greater than or equal to, mm -hmm. um, less than or equal to, something like that. It's the greater than and less than signs with an equal sign in between them, so it looks like a little spaceship. And it returns negative one, zero, or one yep. based on the two values on either side mm -hmm. and whether or not the one on the left is higher whether they're the same or whether the one on the right is higher right it's like purely used meant to be used in these scenarios for where sorting you're trying it's to, for sorting yeah, for sorting yeah, yeah. basically yeah. it lets you compare two items and say either it it gives you uh like a third option instead of like less than or greater than it says yeah. like 
the first one of these two belongs first or the second one belongs first or their equivalent. Don't touch them. Yeah. Yeah. So if you pass that it's very cleanly in that single, you know, single line closure for the yeah. first one that gave us three groups. And that was the cool thing about passing an array of closures is because sometimes when you pass multiple order buys, you're, you're not to something, anything in programming, you're saying is going to sort all of them. And then the next one's going to resort them all from scratch. Yeah. And that's actually what happens if you pass sort twice yeah. on the collections. It's just going to the first sort didn't it's do anything. Sort them again. Yeah. But if you do this sort by with two things, it's going to sort them. And then within each group of sorted items, yes. Um, then it will apply the second one, which is what I think most of us usually want if we want more than one sort. And so yeah. I had this thing that was like probably nine lines, probably with three for each loops or three if conditionals or whatever, that turned into two lines of yeah. short closures. It was so freaking clean. Yeah. It was so clean. Like, yeah. yeah. So if anybody wants to see that, it's in the, um, oh wait, is it in Checkmate or Laravel version? I can't remember which. It's in Checkmate. I think it was, it was in Checkmate. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, github.com slash Titanco, Titan, no, slash Titan slash Checkmate. And it'll be in there somewhere in one of the most recent uh, commits, so. Yeah. Okay, so collections. So tell me again, if I have an array, first I want you to tell me how to turn it into a collection. And then I want you to tell me when should I not turn it into a collection? What are collections good for and what are they not good for? It's a great question. So to turn it into a uh, collection, all you need to do is call the collect helper on it. Mm -hmm. So you just collect your array and then you can go right on and call collection methods on it. Um, and I would say it's good for situations where you need to map over or you need to iterate over a list of something, mm -hmm. maybe more than once, or maybe you need to do something complicated to each mm -hmm. one. So you want to pass it a function. They're also good for handling conditionals. This is one method actually that I didn't talk about that I love, um, which is when, mm -hmm. so Somewhere in your chain, you can call when and pass it an expression that evaluates to true or false. And if it evaluates to true, then it'll pass the whole collection into your callback and run the callback on the collection. Mm -hmm. And if it doesn't, if it evaluates to false, it just skips over that, which is yeah. very, very nice. Yeah. If you need to like if you need to conditionally iterate over the whole collection or something. Yeah. Or even conditionally modify it. Does that work? Yeah. Too? Or no? Yep. Okay. No. Yeah. So they are great for lists of i would say up to thousands of objects and they'll be fine for up to lists of thousands of objects if you have yeah. let's say like 10 15000 eloquent models in a collection things might get ugly but the problem there is not the collection it's that you have 15000 hydrated eloquent, eloquent models yeah. so yeah in the first place yeah yeah Sometimes you might have 15,000 CSV records, right? And, and the collections yes. could could start slowing down a little bit there. So yep. but it's a lot of the same classic PHP stuff. Like if, if you have 15,000 CSV items, you yep. probably should be streaming it, right? So it's yeah, a lot and, of these. And it, also, you know, it, it depends on the context too. There's only one time ever when I've actually gone from a collection back to a for each loop. Mm -hmm. um, and I would say in app code, in most situations collections are absolutely fine you don't like don't think about yeah. performance collections are great the benefit that they give you in terms of how easy they are to write how much sense they make to read are super worth it yep the situation we were in was with a package ziggy yeah that has to iterate over a list on every request because mm -hmm. of what the package does 
And so because the package people are installing into their apps, because it runs on every request, it really actually does have to be as fast as humanly possible. Yep. Milliseconds will make a difference because it adds up because it's a package. Just added on top of everything like, else. We don't want to slow down. Exactly. Yep. We don't want to slow yep. down someone else's app. And because collections are so great and performant, I didn't even think that collections would be the issue. It was actually Taylor that suggested that I try it with a for each loop. And that ended up being the trick. But that also, yeah. it's not so much collections as like an internal PHP thing. The problem there is that calling a function mm-hmm. a thousand times in PHP is a lot slower than iterating over a for each loop a thousand times. Yeah. yeah. So in that situation, it made sense. And it was also like one method that was like a dozen lines of code. Like yeah. I didn't refactor the whole thing to get rid of collections. Um, yeah. But if you are in that situation... Collections are fantastic. You should use yeah. them over loops. <laughs> I have I have one other moment that we had a, um, a, a code base we inherited where somebody had learned that collections were good. And what mm. they learned was collections should replace arrays. So every single, single array in the mm. entire app, they wrap with collections. Oh, yeah. Associative arrays are not often the, the best target. Like mm-hmm. arrays of associative arrays are great in collections. Yeah. Actual associative arrays, you yeah. can work with them in certain circumstances. It's not that you never should, but yeah. in general, associative arrays are probably not best intended for for collections. Yeah. Um, and for anybody who doesn't know, if, if it's got a key and a value, that's a little bit less the goal. It's more like if it's just a list, like if you were in JavaScript, an array versus yeah. a you know a map or an object or whatever. Yeah. Um, but again, collection like arrays of associative arrays, great. Yeah. Totally yeah. great. That's but a good point just too, actually about short arrays. Like mm-hmm. you don't need to collect an array with five strings in it. Yeah. That's overkill. <laughs> yep. Not not because it's going to slow your app down, but because it's actually going to be less code to just use the array. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Yep. medium medium to very large lists of things. Yeah. And often things with complicated data sets in them or things you exactly. want to be able to act on that's not the, knowing what's in there, right? Yeah. That's the other thing that I wrote down too is that they're really handy for changing the shape of Mm -hmm. the items in a list Mm -hmm. if you need to filter a bunch of them out and then they're eloquent models but you only need two or three properties of the model and you want to call an accessor um they're really handy for taking the list and getting back a list that looks completely different has different like the items have different keys different type of data but it's really clean to do that using a collection yeah and it's really clear and reproducible what steps you took to get from yeah. A to Z. Yeah, yep. that's good. Okay, so collections, we talked about some of our favorite methods. We've talked about how to use them and when not to use them. Mm-hmm. I think that both of these, we haven't talked about gotchas. So mm-hmm. t- we've talked about a few tips, but are there any mm-hmm. gotchas, whether in helpers or collections, where you want to warn people, hey, you know, when you get started, you might accidentally A, B, C, D. Mm-hmm. With collections, I only had two and we already hit them both. One... Oh, actually, no, I have three. So the first one is map versus transform. Just knowing that almost all of the methods return a new collection, except for transform, Mm -hmm. which operates right there on the collection. Mm -hmm. And then another one is that, like you were saying, if you have keys and values, then often if you do something like a sort or a filter, the keys will look weird Mm -hmm. when you get it back. Mm -hmm. Because... By default, it usually preserves the keys. So if you have an array and then you sort it, you're going to see the keys are going to be numbers all in the wrong order because it mm-hmm. sorted your array, but it kept the numeric keys. Yeah. And so 
the solution to that is just to call values and not pass it anything and then keep going. And that basically just takes the keys off your collection. Right. Yeah. But that continues to trip me up to this day. Yep. So it's worth mentioning. <laughs> yeah. And then the other one is just about having like really, really huge collections of big mm -hmm. objects. And again, that's not a collection problem, but because eloquent queries return collections, yep. if you're doing a huge query, you will end up with a huge collection. Yeah. And so just watch out for that. One thing that can make that, that can mitigate that is by chunking the results of the collection. Mm -hmm. So you can chunk the results of an eloquent query, either with one of the chunking methods or with each, if you call each directly on the query, or you can go one at a time. I actually also only learned this yesterday. If you have a model and you call cursor directly on the model, mm -hmm. that'll give you a lazy collection, which we haven't talked about yet. Okay. But it's a collection. We can come back to lazy collections in a second, but basically it yes. only loads one model in into memory at a time. Got it. Um, so you can do a million user models and your memory will stay really low because it only loads one at a time. Okay. Um, did Joseph Silver, I know, so he, for, for those of y'all who know, Joseph was on the podcast earlier and we yeah. was, it was hard to figure out which thing I was going to bring him on for. But I know that he gave a talk about lazy collections. Did he actually write them or did he only document them? I can't remember which. But anyway, I know he's I involved in it for sure. I think he wrote them. Okay. Well, if Joseph wrote them, we're all very if grateful. If someone if else wrote them, I'm sorry, yeah. other person. Yeah, we'll fix it in the notes. <laughs> we're, yeah. we're very grateful to you. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, Joseph, if you wrote them, we're grateful to you yeah. for them. And either way, we're grateful to you for yes. exposing them to all of yes. us. So could you talk a little bit about Lazy Collections or is there something you wanted to finish first? Yeah, no, I can. Um, I'm probably not the best person to go into detail, but basically Lazy Collections are for situations where you have huge collections of maybe large objects or you have to do like some really expensive operation on each one. Mm -hmm. Lazy collections will only load one collection item into memory at a time. Mm -hmm. So they use PHP's generators under the hood, mm -hmm. which I sort of I I it's got a magical can use them. I <laughs> yeah, know how they work enough to use them, but I don't yep. know how they work enough to really explain how they work under the hood. Yeah, same. Basically, it's four long lists of things, but only loading one into memory at a time. So, for example, yeah. one of the examples in the docs too is a log file. If you have mm -hmm. like a gigabytes long log file yeah. and you want to parse the whole thing using collections, you can do that if you use regular collections. Um, you'll be in trouble <laughs> yep. because it's going to load the entire multi-gigabyte file into memory all at once. If you use lazy collections, you'll be fine because it's going to open the file and it's literally going to read however many lines you tell it to, maybe yeah. five or six lines at a time. It's going to load those, do whatever you need to do, map over it, whatever, and then yeah. load the next five lines, do whatever you need to do until it gets to the end of the file. Yeah. Just, yeah, chunking it into pieces as it goes. So, Lazy collections are incredible. Mm -hmm. um, and there are some places now that return them by default, like if you have really? a model and you call cursor. Okay. But most of the time you would still need to create one manually, yeah. use lazy collection instead of collection. Okay. And a cursor, I feel like it's like a database concept, right? That, so it, yeah, it that's makes a database sense. thing that I actually don't yeah. understand at all. <laughs> but I found that method and that's all I know about it is that if okay. you call cursor on a query, 
you'll get a lazy collection that'll load one model at a time. <laughs> so I read it. I read it all when it entered the source code to make sure I could yeah. understand it for my book and have since forgotten the majority of it. But I think what I remember is that cursor in databases is very similar to what we're talking about, where you're only picking up the little bit at a time mm. rather than the full result. But it's sense. not from one query to the next where you're saying, give me 10 and the next query is give me 10 more. Mm-hmm. Cursor cursor is more yeah, in the one like query. The, yeah, it's one query. I don't. That's all I remember, and yeah. I could be wrong, but that <laughs> that's part, that's where it lives in my brain. That part breaks my brain. I don't understand how it's only one query, but yeah, that's the thing about at least with Eloquent about the cursor and the lazy collection. It executes that would make sense. One why? query, yeah. yeah, but it only loads one record into memory at a time. Crazy, yeah. All right, so lazy collections are wonderful. I have not got a chance to use yeah. them, but um, I also have not been doing any yeah. massive data manipulation recently. But I'm glad to know that they exist because yeah. I feel like a lot of this stuff, like my my biggest exposure to this has been just streaming things or chunking things or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it always feels magical when I do it, you mm-hmm. know, but uh, it's nice to know we can do it more places and more times now. Yeah. So, yeah, you can do almost everything on a lazy collection now that you can with a regular collection. Nice. Okay. So that's not really a gotcha. That's the opposite of a gotcha. It's a really cool, yeah, so that's great tip. thing you can do with collections. Tips and gotchas. I um, like it. Gotchas for helpers, they are global, or at least mm-hmm. the global functions are global. Yep. So they are available everywhere, which is great. They are present everywhere, whether you like it or not, which is yeah. sometimes not great. I I would say the benefit greatly outweighs any costs that come with it. The thing yeah. that's annoying about them being available everywhere is you can't override them. Yeah. They get auto-loaded before your app does. Yep. So if you want to make your own route helper, too bad. Yep. That's it, basically. And then there are a few that behave differently depending on the type of the arguments that you pass in, which you know yeah. about very well because I do. you love it and lots of people took issue with that. <laughs> and I love it. <laughs> and I know some people take issue with it, but something like, um, the config helper, mm-hmm. if you pass it a string with dot notation, it'll give you back the config value that matches. If you pass it an array with a key and value, it'll set that config value. Mm-hmm. And if you just pass it nothing, it'll give you back Laravel's config uh, oh, repository yeah. or yeah. Yeah, um, whatever that is, yeah, which is really, really cool and yeah. makes some like hardcore type type like type of programming language type people Mm -hmm. um upset because you can pass you can pass it anything yeah Um, and and i I think it's i think it's the i think the fair criticism is that it's not as clear for people who don't understand it in the first place which is going on so it's one of those trade-offs it it can definitely be confusing but once once you are once you understand that that's what's happening i think Mm -hmm. it's awesome um, the only other one gotcha really is never to use the env helper outside of config files. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because after you cache your config, the env helper will return null. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's also just, uh, it's slower. It has to read from the .env file. Yeah. Um, so if you're doing that instead of using a cached config, it's a bit slower. Um, but generally you want to cache your config and once you do the env helper stops working so yeah the env helper basically is for config files only yeah um it's a good rule i like it yep and i think that's it for the the gotchas in terms of helpers okay 
What else do you want to talk about? There are just a few cool things that I want to mention. So collections, string, and array are all macroable, which means you can add your own. I'm not sure if you've already talked about macros with someone else, but basically you can add your own string, array, or collection helper methods, which is super handy. If there's something you're doing all the time in your app and it's not a helper, you can basically make yourself a new one. You can also do that with functions, which I often do. Um, Laravel auto loads its helpers function, its helpers files directly with composer.json. And you can do that as well. You can tell it to auto load a file. So if you have a couple of functions for functionality, you need to use all over the place, stick them in a helpers.php somewhere. Don't do it with everything. But if there's something that feels like it should be a helper that you're using absolutely everywhere that's nice and small, Composer can load it up and make it globally available for you. One thing I want to say first is some collection methods you can access as properties and sort of take a shortcut through to call a method on every single item in the collection. Mm -hmm. Um, They have... Well, I think it's a confusing name, higher order messages, but that's what you should look for in the docs if you're interested about it. Um, But that lets you do something like, um, if you have a bunch of users, this is an example from the docs, and you want to mark them all as VIP, you can call users arrow each, just like a property, arrow mark as VIP, Mm -hmm. and Basically, it collapses that whole like loop just right into the each property for you. It'll call that method on every single item in the collection, yeah. which is super handy. So for for clarity, he didn't. There oh. are a few that do that. Each map, some. Yeah, and for clarity, in if you're doing it the normal way, you'd say, you yeah. know, thing arrow each parens, and then you'd pass it a closure. Mm-hmm. And so by instead of calling each with parens, you call each without any parentheses. Mm-hmm. It's literally e a c h arrow. Yeah. That is now indicating that the thing that comes after the arrow should be, you know, what is being passed in. Yeah. Yeah, that's another one that's a little bit confusing the first time you see it, but then you realize it can save you some lines of code. Yeah. Another really handy collection method that I use all the time is pluck, which oh, yeah. will give you one value from all of the items in the collection. So, for example, you have 100 users and you just want an array of their names. You can do users pluck name and it'll give you back just all of the names. Yeah, as an array, right? Yeah, I think. Super handy. Another really fun collection method is partition, which I've only had to use once, but I still go back and just look at that code sometimes because it's (laughs) so cool what it can do. Okay. And basically it it can you pass it a function it uses that function to split the collection into two groups mm-hmm. based on whatever you want to do in that function and what's cool is that it gives it back in a format that lets you array destructure it which is something that is very very uncommon in php but hmm. for example just to use a, a contrived example if you have like a whole bunch of numbers and you want to partition it into a collection of numbers that are greater than 10 and a collection of numbers that are 10 and below. You can do like uh, open square bracket, new variable above 10, comma, new yep. variable below 10, close yep. square bracket. So an array of two variables equals your collection, partition, and then pass it a yeah. function that that 
returns if it's above or below 10. That's great. And you get two collections back based on that condition. Very, very yeah. cool. So would grouping it and then doing dash all afterwards or whatever it is that just converts it to a, an array but not the whole way through to be the same thing or no? I don't think so. I think group by is going to nest your collection. So if you do like group by, let's say, plan, like they're on a pricing plan, then you'll get a collection that has keys for the plans. And each of the values are all of the items that belong to that plan. Yeah. But like I think with group by, you can also pass a closure. So let's say you passed Mm. a closure in and it only returned one of two options, right? Greater than 10 or less than Mm -hmm. 10 is the key. And then you'd have to convert it to not a collection after that too, right? So partition's clearly cleaner. I'm just trying to make sure I understand what it does. I think with group by, you, you get the keys. So group by, it takes the collection and then you would get back a collection that has above 10 as a key mm-hmm. with all your above 10 values and below yep. 10 as a key with all your below 10 values. Right. Partition gives you just, two collections. Right. Yeah. That are flat with no keys. Yeah. And well, they're, but they're in an array, right? So the keys would be zero and one, right? Oh, sure. Yeah. 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 If yeah. you, um, yeah, so you have to awkwardly group by it where one of them returned a zero and one it's from the one. And then you'd also have to flatten yeah. it out. So partition is a shortcut to doing a group, but it's always only a two options. Yes. Okay. So it's a group with only two options and it returns an array that contains just those two, uh, you know, a non-associative array that just contains those two, which is yeah. perfect for array destructuring. Awesome. Yes. That's really cool. I never, I think I saw it and didn't know what context I would use it in. Yeah. And now I totally get it. I... Yeah, I used it once and I actually, it would be cool if there there was a way to partition it into more than two parts because the one time I actually had to use it, I had to call it three times because I needed to split a list into four parts. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it's still really handy for, That's cool. yeah, dividing up a collection based on some condition. Total side note, but you mentioned yeah. being able to to do a, a helpers thing. So when Caleb Porzio worked at Titan, he would all, yeah. he and I would both laugh about not remembering the syntax for auto loading a helpers file. Oh, yeah, and so I challenged him to make the simplest package ever, and he did. And so there's a package called Laravel hyphen helpers hyphen file, and all it does is <laughs> a auto loads a file named helpers.php yeah. that is I can't even remember where it is if it's in the root or what. That's and awesome. then, but B, there's a command that automatic, oh, it's an app slash helpers.php. And then B, it gives you a command called Caleb Porzio colon helpers. And if you run that artisan command, it will create that file for you. And that's literally it. It doesn't do anything else. Amazing. So, yep. So if it you're really willing to add a package a, for everything. Exactly. If you're willing to add a dependency <laughs> purely for loading that, uh, we, we made what was a little bit of a joke package, but I've actually used it before for that. So cool. All right. Any other tips um, or gotchas? Yeah, I'm looking down my list of fun helpers. It's almost as long as the actual list of helpers. (laughs) So just two others that I'll mention. Array query. I didn't know about until yesterday when I was reading the docs. And it'll turn an associative array into a query string. Which is Wow, that's helpful. Yes. So you pass it keys and values and it'll give you back the string to stick onto a URL. That's like URL encoded. It has your question mark, your ampersands. Um, very handy. And the 
translation helper. There is a translation helper function that uses letters and it's trans or trans underscore choice. But there's another one that is just two underscores. And that will translate whatever string you pass it based on your language files. So if you're localizing an app, you have all your content translated into four languages. Mm-hmm. You and, and in your Blade templates, instead of just echoing a string like welcome, you echo or not echo, but you display in your Blade template underscore underscore and then pass that function welcome. Right. And it'll translate it based on the locale that your app is set to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was looking handy. at you curiously because for a second I thought you were saying that that existed on the collection. I was trying to figure out how that works. No, no, sorry, that's a yeah. global. No, it's, it's yeah. a global helper function. Two underscores. <laughs> yeah. Any other favorites? Oh, I love them all, but those are the. Those <laughs> that's are the why common, you're here today. Those are the common <laughs> useful friend. ones. All right. Uh, there's two more I'm going to share. Uh, mm-hmm. Collections. You have DD. So if you have your collection and you're about to wrap it with a DD, parens, whatever, you can just throw a DD at the end and it'll yeah. dump and die the output of your collection. And I think there also might be a dump that dumps it and keeps yeah. the execution going. So yeah. those are helpful when you're doing a little bit of debugging and you're not in full on, you know, X debug mode and you just yeah. want to throw a quick dump on it. Um, yep. So I'm dumping collections all the time. Yeah. If someone want to learn more about helpers or collections, where would you send them for learning? It's a great question. And honestly, very simple answer. Laravel.com slash docs slash helpers. All right. And Laravel.com slash docs slash collections. Love it. And Adam Wathen's book, Refactoring to Collections. And yep. your book, our probably. Sp- our sponsor today. Oh, thank yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I would say like Adam's book, your book are probably more about like how to use these things and yeah. how to write your app code in a way that makes use of them. If you just want to explore what's available, the docs, because it's just a list of everything. They have great little short examples, especially for the helpers. Honestly, that's the place to look. Just read the helpers page in the docs because they're all there. Yeah. Lovely. Yeah. And that's one of the cool things is that like with helpers, there's very little to be taught about how to use it. With the helpers, it's just does it exist? Use the thing. Yeah. With collections, there's a little bit more about like an ideology and it's good to learn the ideology. But you could also just kind of get get started with them. But it's easier to use them when you understand why they're valuable because then it helps you decide which methods to use and everything like that. But in the end, they're still just a really helpful tool that we happen to have more explanation about there. So, yeah. All right. So one last thing before I ask the people or ask ask you how people can follow you and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Everybody gets their own little personal fun moment. And I had mm-hmm. so many interesting things that I could have asked because I know you, but I decided to keep it really simple. You are, as some folks may have noticed from your accent, Canadian. Accent. Uh, oh my God. Well, you've had a couple of boots and oots. Uh, and you have a joke in Titan that when everybody else goes at OUT for for saying they're out, oh, yeah. you go at OOT. And it made me realize I've had friends from other countries make fun of the American accent, but I've never asked a Canadian friend if you are like parodying a, a, an American, what is your parody of American? I know this is terrible because it's about it's all about me, 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 me. But I'm actually just super curious. Like, oh my God. We, you know, we laugh about the oot and you make the joke with us. What? How do you parody Americans? Do you? Oh, we do. Oh, we okay. definitely do. I, mean, um, I know you you make fun of us, but I didn't know if there's any like quick in shortcuts terms of, like, for the like language parody. stuff. Yeah. I mean, 
up till I started working at Titan, I would probably have said y'all. Okay. Like just now, you know, the, the Southern a, Americans yeah. say that and yeah. no one else does. Yeah. Um, but now from working at Titan and being the only Canadian, I'm starting to say it. And so <laughs> yeah. that's becoming, that's becoming harder to use to make fun of you because it's so useful. It's it the greatest actually, word. it really is. It really yeah. is. Why do we not have a you plural in our language? Like what yeah. is wrong with us? It's, it's, I mean, you is plural, but like it doesn't, people don't. Yeah. But it doesn't different. Yeah, doesn't exactly. Yeah. So yeah. I am starting to use it. It's really handy. Hey, okay. But you did it, build, I, um, it would have oh, been, it would have been y'all. It would have been y'all. Okay. Yeah. You also did build a uh, Slack bot that yes, uh, to translates uh, Celsius the, to Fahrenheit, which I am very grateful for. I uh, use it on yep. a regular basis because I, yeah, I never know add, how to convert oh, them. Yeah. So that's great. Unit bot. I want to add um, distance as well because that's another one. Miles to oh, kilometers yeah. really Struggle. screws me up. Yeah. Feet I'm okay with just because it's that's common here too. But miles, nobody talks about miles here. Or yeah. gallons. My God, I don't even know what a gallon is. <laughs> um, uh, the only reason I know what a gallon is is because you get a gallon jug of milk. So do you know what American milk jugs look I like? I can picture that's a gallon. That size and shape of jug okay so that's probably it might like be two liters three what, what? yeah two and a half three i don't know something like that i don't know I, google's gonna tell us in a second one gallon yeah. two liters you Let's and your uh 3.7 imperial system oh it's the worst that's the absolute <laughs> freaking worst uh okay um i thought there would be more pronunciation wise yeah but there isn't the only other one that was weird was L- louisville <laughs> oh that's weird for us too louisville like, louisville everybody says it different yeah i read it and i thought louisville yeah and then i heard someone at titan say it and i was like what are they talking about yeah. and i had to go yeah. back and and look for it and that one that one threw me that's all americans most most americans say louisville, louisville. yeah yeah or louisville. if you're like apparently the people who've lived there a long time they say it more like louisville but oh so that's 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 one of those yeah you know um, do you know how to pronounce the state below Washington? I don't know. Do you even I, know where that is? Geography isn't great. <laughs> O-R-E-G-O-N. O-R-E-G-O-N. Oregon? Yeah. So a lot of Americans say Oregon. I know really? you know how to pronounce it, Illinois. Yeah. So I won't get that one wrong on you. Oh, last one. Uh, the I one in Louisiana. Oregon. The yeah. That's no, a big, the one in Louisiana, the big city in Louisiana. New Orleans? Yeah. A lot of is that the New right Orleans. way? That's the New correct. Orleans. Yeah. yeah. So New that's Orleans actually, that's a, that's a funny one because, um, I'm from Ottawa mm-hmm. and a suburb of Ottawa or like a little town that's like right squished up beside us is called Orleans. Really? And it is actually, that is the right way to say it here. Uh-huh. Orleans. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that one I was like primed to think it was new orleans oh yeah but i've heard enough people say it that i know now no we have like a versailles in kentucky and uh oh yeah. my god what did you just say v versailles you mean versailles <laughs> no i mean versailles oh god yeah and i was lived in florida and it was saint augustine florida and i'm like saint augustine I'm like no saint augustine I'm like, okay <laughs> all right so yeah so no we yeah, got a lot some of the lots ones, of fun ones some of the ones that i know are french are weird because yes yeah. I speak French and I grew up with it here. And so yeah. I know how they're supposed to be pronounced. Uh-huh. The French words. Yes. So yeah. that's fun. 
Okay, just for fun. Are there any other things that? Because I realized that this was this your first time working at, a, at an American company. Yeah. Are there any other things that when you came to work at Titan, not just because of who Titan is, but because of us being Americans, that was like weird or unexpected or anything like that? Or has it been pretty manageable? For those who don't know, Canada and the U.S. are very, very, very similar culturally. And the differences are things a lot of us are not aware of. And sometimes they're very deep differences that don't present very strongly. And they're like cultural things like, um, you know, power distance or how much are you, is it okay for you to talk about like social problems or whatever like that. Mm. So the types of things that are not super visible on the surface often. So, yeah, no, all that stuff has been great. I can't really think of anything that was uh, super American shocking. I mean, obviously, there's just like some day-to-day work concerns that are completely different. Like, I mean, healthcare is the only one that jumps sure. to my mind. It's like, yeah. like Freaking I, Canadians. healthcare is like a thing for you. But like, <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm very lucky that it's not much of a yeah. thing for me. But yeah, also here, you know, like I could, well, you know how healthcare works. But yeah, that's that's the only it's one okay. I'm just like still often. Uh, frustrated on your behalf that more stuff isn't free for you Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but you know hopefully you'll get there (laughs) amen well if people think you're absolutely incredible as well they should and they want to follow you or give you money or what all the other things i normally ask where should they find you or you know well luckily titan gives me money so that's true i don't need anyone else to right now right um I have Twitter, but if if what you want is programming content, I am <laughs> probably there. not the person to follow on Twitter. Um, but my handle on Twitter and on GitHub is just my last name, Baker Kretzmar, which you'll have to go and look in the show notes for. I won't spell it out because it'll take me a minute. Um, <laughs> yeah, it'll be in the show notes. All the links will be in the show notes. So Yeah, but that's, that's pretty much it. Um, if okay. you like uh, socialism and memes, you might enjoy... <laughs> Follow me on Twitter. But if you really just want to focus on work, yeah, I, w- I would not, maybe not suggest it. Yeah. Um, the memes are good, though. Yep. The memes All are right. And, well, Jacob's uh, think. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, no, I'm just I I mean, I'm I work for Titan. So lots of the work yeah. I do is uh, secret. But yeah, but I you do are some, the primary I do some open source stuff with Titan. Too, you're the so Ziggy. You're, yeah, you're the primary maintainer of Ziggy or is it you and Jake are split maintainers? I don't even know how that works right now. I would say you, I am. The primary okay. maintainer right now, yeah. Yeah. Jake does about 10 million things. He's one yes. of the most fingers in every pie people I've ever <laughs> yeah. met in my entire life. Yep. And then you and Keith together are um so Keith's Work the primary Jigsaw. force, driving force behind Jigsaw, but you've been taking up more and more space in there with him and yeah. helping out with a lot of stuff. So we really appreciate all your work on those things. Yeah. So well, speaking of appreciating you, I really appreciate you spending all this time talking to me about this, being willing to take the the gauntlet of five year old explanations not once but twice. <laughs> Uh, and it was a ton of fun having you on, man. I really yeah, appreciate you. This was super fun. Thanks. Yeah, me too. All right. Thank you, everybody. And we will see you all next time.